Thanks for joining the Heights Church podcast today. We hope that you enjoy the message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Golston Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. Please sit down, sorry. (laughs) So Matthew 21, 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem, came to Bethlehem, on a mountain of olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt. They will fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those that started shouting, that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the highest heaven, in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowd answered that this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers. Then, oh, sorry, have I gone too far? I think. Sorry, yep, sorry. <laughs> I was going to let you go to the end of Revelation. There would have been a very different service tonight. I want to speak briefly tonight, challenge us around uh, the question of who is in charge uh, of your life. I wonder as you sit there tonight, you think about who is in charge of my life, the decisions I make, the, the choices uh, that I make things that are priorities in my life, uh, the habits that I form, what is the ruling power uh, that that is predominant in those things? I'm speaking uh, tonight briefly on the passage we just read. If you want like a full uh, Palm Sunday sermon, I encourage you to listen to the sermon from this morning. Uh, I'm going to focus on the idea very quickly tonight of, of a regime change, a regime change, which is essentially when one set of political power or operating system is removed and replaced with another one. And because of year 12 modern history, when I think of regime changes, uh, 1917 Russian revolution uh, is the first thing that comes to my mind personally, uh, because uh, out went the long, uh, century-long tradition of the Tsars, and in came the Bolsheviks, and that, that was a regime change. Now, I'm sitting in the car driving to church tonight with Jeremiah in the back seat uh, and, and as always uh, dad can we play a game and I'm like oh buddy I, I just just for a moment I just want to focus on uh, just thinking through my sermon for tonight if that's okay 
and and anyway, he's asked me before, what what are you talking about, or some version of that. And I'm thinking, well, I can't explain regime change to Jeremiah with the 1917 Russian revolution. So I said, look, I'm talking about regime changes. He says, regime change. Okay, okay. Let me put it this way to you, buddy. Okay, who's in charge of the cars driving right now? And he says, uh, you are in charge. You're the dad. And I went, yes, I am the dad. Correct. Okay. I said to him, if there's going to be a regime and change in this car. Uh, tonight, Jeremiah, what's going to happen is uh, you are going to kick me out of power, okay? And at the end of you kicking me out of power, I'm going to be in the baby seat in the back, strapped in tight, and you are going to be driving the car. And he says to me, uh, Dad, talk about that tonight, if you can. So there you go, buddy. I talked about that, the idea. He wanted the idea of him driving the car, me in the baby seat uh, out there tonight. And there it is. It's out there. But regime changes power shift. Okay, one thing is in power and all of a sudden another thing is in power. I want to speak uh, very quickly and I wonder what it would mean for Jesus to bring about a regime shift in your life. If one set of systems of rule that operate are removed and replaced with another one. Let's pray quickly. God, we thank you for bringing us here tonight. Lord, we thank you uh, that we can be here in the evening to worship you, to hear from you, to, to spend time together. We pray you bless our time together. Bless the words that I'm about to say as well and challenge us, God, about who is in control and in power in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into Jerusalem and there is celebrating, there is cheering and there is excitement. Okay, we're talking hundreds of people. We're actually talking hundreds of thousands of people gathering in Jerusalem for the Passover. And as Passover is about to happen, this guy called Jesus from the town of Nazareth is arriving on a donkey and people are going crazy and they're, they're, they're singing, they're shouting Hosanna, uh, which is like, uh, come and save us. The idea was that there was an expectation that because of everything that Jesus had done, everything that he had taught and all the miracles he'd done, people were going, this guy can heal blind people. He even brought a person back to life the other day. This is the Messiah. He is ticking every Every single box of what our expectation is for a Messiah to come. And so the Jewish people, God's people, are excited about this. And one of the reasons that they're excited about this is because they were not even really a nation anymore. They had lost power. They had had their own regime shift. And all of a sudden, the Roman Empire had come into town and the Roman Empire was really in charge. And the Roman Empire said, look, we're going to let you sort of still be a pretend country, but at every step of the way, you're going to know it's us really in charge. Next to your temple, there's going to be an even bigger building, okay, that's going to be dedicated to the Roman Empire. And on that building, there are going to be Roman centurions. At every corner you go around, there's going to be Roman centurions. You're going to see those spears and you're going to know that actually we are in charge. Okay, and we're going to let you have your high priests, okay? But one of the things they do, okay, you're going to be a high priest, but we're only going to let them get out their robes and their ceremonial stuff, okay, at important festivals. Rest on, we're going to hold on to them because we don't want you getting any crazy religious ideas in your weirdo temple that could involve us losing power. And so for a lot of the Jews, that's exactly what they're excited about. You know, one day, one of these days, one of these days, that Messiah that is in our, that's been promised to us for centuries and centuries, one day this Messiah is going to come and it's going to get rid of these Romans. And so Jesus rocks up into town, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. This is the one coming on a donkey as was promised, born in Bethlehem as was promised. This Jesus is the one. He's come to save 
the day. What's awesome about this story is as this is happening, they're cheering and celebrating and they're, they're, they're excited for what Jesus is going to do. The story then shifts. And the first thing that Jesus does, the first thing that he goes to, the first sort of change that he makes on this occasion is he goes not to kick the Romans out, not to take the spears away from the Roman centurions, but he goes straight to the temple of God's people. At Passover, he goes and he doesn't, you know, sort of kick out what the Roman Empire has been doing. The first thing he wants to do is he wants to clean house with God's people. He wants to clean house. You can imagine what it was like for them, the expectation, the excitement, and and they're thinking, hey, this Jesus is about to change things for us in a good way. And the first thing that Jesus does is He changes things for them in an uncomfortable way, in a bad way, in a way that doesn't point the finger at the Roman Empire, but points the finger at God's people and says, this is not right. It says, Jesus went and He turned the tables upside down and 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 He got rid of those who were using the temple to make a profit who were using the temple, who were using religion, who were using all these sorts of things to make a profit of the poor and humble people who had just come to pray. They set up sort of a system of finances that meant, hey, when you come to the temple, if you want to do these things, you're going to have to pay this money. So we're going to set up this thing. And nobody even saw it as being that bad. But Jesus went there and He said, wait a second, wait a second. This is God's temple. This is a place of worship. And so He goes, I'm going in, I'm cleaning house here. Don't worry about the Roman Empire. What about God's people and what about what their priorities are? And it's almost at that moment where you can think, to yourself, yeah, that's that's where it starts to shift. And I, I wondered as I considered today being Palm Sunday, I considered this story this week, I wondered how often do we actually do the same thing when we consider Jesus coming and changing things? How often do we do the exact same thing? We think, okay, if Jesus was to have a move, there's going to be a move of God or Jesus was going to come back or Jesus was going to change our church or Jesus is going to change my family. We think to ourselves, that's going to make things better for me. That should improve things. But I wonder if that was going to happen, if Jesus was going to arrive, if He was going to bring a regime shift, whether the first thing He would do is He would go straight to you. I wonder in my life, if Jesus was going to bring a regime shift, if He was going to change, uh, the uh, create a shift of power, whether the first thing He would do is He would come straight to me. You see, when Jesus comes into town, power changes. There is a shift. And we can be so tempted to put an otherness on that shift. Uh, we can be so tempted to think this is about other people. You might have even been sitting there thinking, you know, oh yeah, Jesus Jesus is really coming to convict those religious people uh, who are using religion for profit. You're probably thinking, going, yeah, that's what Jesus would do. You know, those those examples on the news or those televangelists, those, those religious people that are not me, that's where Jesus would go. And look, probably, but how much is our first instinct? somebody else. How much is our first instinct? Otherness, different to me. I want to challenge you that if Jesus was really going to ride into town, 
physically or even just spiritually. He was to ride into this church tonight. If He was going to ride into your family tonight, He was going to ride into your life tonight and He came straight into here, I wonder whether the first thing He want to bring a shift of power is in your heart. I wonder if actually the first thing He'd want to do is clean house with God's people. Because when Jesus rides into town, we've learned from this story that He wants our hearts as well. He wants us to consider what it would mean for Jesus to be truly in charge. It's Easter next week. It's a week where we consider Jesus being important. It's a very important time uh, in terms of like uh, celebrating the story of Jesus, the important moment of Jesus dying on a cross and then three days later rising from the dead. There is a sense at Easter that Jesus rides into town and there's also an opportunity. And I promise you tonight that if Jesus were to ride into town, Okay, I promise you that the first thing He might want to do in your life is make things uncomfortable. He might want to convict us. He might want to turn the tables in our hearts and go, hey, you know that habit you have? I want you to put that away. Hey, you know uh, those words that you say? I want you to stop saying that. Hey, you know uh, in, in your workplace when you get involved in those conversations, I want you to stop being involved in those conversations. Hey, you know that selfish part of your life that, you know, that Jesus doesn't need to know about that. He's going to go, I want to know about that and I want to bring about change. The truth is letting go of sin can hurt. Changing our priorities can hurt. Changing our affections can hurt. We may have to, if we truly want Jesus to ride into town, give up some unhelpful habits. For those who are at school, you may have to look a little bit silly in front of your friends. You may have to do something uncomfortable to step out and say, you know what, I am following Jesus. And because of that, okay, there might be a cost. It might be true in your workplace. It might be true even in your family. Jesus rides into town. You might have to make some sacrifices and be someone who serves and loves other people and puts other people first. But I also promise you tonight that when we place our trust and our faith in Jesus, When we say truly, you know what, Jesus, I want you to be in charge. We also find Jesus to be loving and forgiving. I promise you that tonight even, that Jesus is there ready to give us a second chance, ready to make us clean again. And we're going to keep singing in a moment. And as we're singing these songs, and as, you know, we go into Easter as well next week, I just wonder tonight what it would mean for there to be a regime shift in your life. For you to give up power and control over certain areas of your life and hand them over to Jesus once and for all. I wonder what it would be like tonight for you to place your trust in Jesus. Let Him in through the city walls of your heart and go, you know what, whatever you want to clean, clean. Whatever you want to change, change. Whatever you want to do, do. Let's pray. Lord, you do make us uncomfortable sometimes. You do challenge us. You do prompt us. You do uh, encourage us to change things in our life. And I pray, God, tonight uh, that as we consider our own lives, we consider the things that we do, that consider the priorities that we have, uh, help us to truly just really reflect upon uh, whether you're in control or whether we're in control, whether you have the power or we're still trying to hold on to some power. And tonight, God, we want to say that truly we are sorry for the things that we think we, we get to be in charge of. We're sorry for the things in our life that we don't want you to be involved in. 
whether at work, whether at school, whether with our friends, whether with our family, whether just in our private uh, times on our own and the things that we value. Lord, may there be a regime shift even tonight, Lord, as we sing and as we worship and as we gather together. Lord, I pray that you be changing hearts. And we know, God, that you can do all things. And we pray in Jesus' name.